Hello and welcome to Moneyline. I'm Matt McCall. Thanks for joining me here today. It is 420 for those of you that know what that is. Um, it's a big day for the cannabis industry. And we're going to talk about that coming up on today's show because there is a very important historical vote last night. The Safe Banking Act was passed in the House. It looks like now that's going to open up a big, big banking opportunity for the marijuana stocks, cannabis stocks, pot stocks, all going forward. We're going to be talking about cryptos, what to do with them right now. Also, small caps continue to get crushed. What is going on? Should you panic? Should you buy? All this and more coming up on a special 420 edition of Moneyline. The buck starts here. Moneyline with Matt McCall. Once again, this is Matt McCall. Thanks for joining me. It is Tuesday, 4-20-21, and uh, I got to tell you, it's a pretty damn ugly day in the markets. Um, we have everything down right now. Uh, Dow's down big. Uh, NASDAQ's down big. S&P's down big. Small caps are getting absolutely crushed. Um, you're just seeing selling across the board. It's just this bit of this really panic I feel uh, through my subscribers, uh, my clients at Penn Financial Group. I even feel a bit of a twinge in my gut. And when I feel that, I know it's the worst thing to do is to sell here uh, because they're trying to like make sure you are not the weak hand, uh, bluffing you out of the market, if you will, getting you away from the table. For those of you who play poker, you know, you bluff out the weak hands, the weak hands fall, and the real players are left at the table. And uh, you're seeing that happen in a lot of different areas right now. So uh, we're going to talk about that in a minute, uh, but let's take a look here at the markets right now. Uh, this is the IWO we're looking at right here. And uh, this is an ETF that tracks the Russell 2000 small mid cap, but within there, uh, the growth stocks within there. As you can see, it is down 2.25% right now. It's a low of the day. It is about 1130 uh, East Coast time, so about midday here trading, about two hours in. Uh, we've got four and a half hours left. And again, it looks ugly. Uh, we're near the low of the sessions, and it continues to drop. And what, what's interesting about, about this is if I look at IWM, which is the whole Russell 2000, it's down about 2.6%. And uh, if we take a look at um, IWN, which is just the value portion of it, which has been holding up much better, uh, is the, the hardest hit today, down about 2.9%, nearly 3%. And then we'll take a look at the broader S&P 500, uh, down about uh, eight-tenths of a percent right now. So holding up much better than the smaller cap names. And then the uh, NASDAQ 100, uh, down about 1.1%. And let's take a look at the mega cap stocks. So these are the largest companies uh, in, in the United States right now, down about 1%. So again, this is something uh, that is across the board that we're seeing right now. We're seeing pullbacks, small growth, value, mega caps, everything's selling off today. And I can't really tell you there's one specific reason for it because I know days like this, folks, everybody wants to know why. Why is the market down? Um, sometimes there isn't a reason uh, for, for other than the fact that uh, people are just looking to take profits. It's getting the weak hands out. And my bigger thesis is what I'm seeing here is stocks, especially a lot of these growth stocks uh, that I love, and I think they're still the place to be, maybe got a little bit ahead of themselves uh, in February. We had all these people that never invested in stocks before opening up Robinhood accounts, taking their, uh, they called it the STIMI, their stimulus checks and putting it into the market. And they thought that stocks went up every day. 
reality set in and realize stocks do not go up every day. And now they're shitting their pants and they're selling and they're getting out of the market. So it's actually good for the long term of the market because they're not investors. They may call themselves investors, but they're traders. Uh, they're gamblers. They're chasing uh, the action, if you will. That's the last thing that I do. I don't want to chase the action. I don't want to feel the ups and downs like that. I want to be in solid companies. But I also do know that when you're in solid companies, you're going to have to deal with pullbacks along the way. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But for right now, let me take a look at, at something else here for you. And I think this is important. Uh, what I want to take a look at here is this is a chart where we see the uh, uh, Russell 2000 growth. And we can see that is down here. This is heading into today. This is from February 9th, where it hit a high, down 9%. We have the mega caps up about 4.7. The S&P, uh, or sorry, the Russell value up 7%. So it's a value, it is the um, mega caps, and then the small cap growth. And the best performer heading into today is actually the one that's taking the biggest hit here. So uh, you're seeing a little bit of rotation money again, but they're all pulling back. But it just shows the major difference, though, of the growth stocks versus the value stocks in the Russell 2000. A difference of 16% in just over two months these are stocks that are in the same index, just value versus growth. So I see it as, as a fact that this over outperformance of the value will lead uh, to, in my opinion, uh, outperformance of the growth stocks. And the growth stocks right now are the place to be. I, I, I think there's just such great opportunity there uh, going forward. So it's something where I'm using this as a buying opportunity. I may be early. We may have a little bit more weakness. I don't know. But again, I'm looking to invest for the very long term. And we have a, uh, one of our newsletters goes out tomorrow, Early Stage Investor, which has uh, lot, you know, knocked the cover off the ball, if they, you know, using a baseball analogy. It's been one of the best performers I've ever had in the last couple of years. But I'll be 100% honest, in the last two months, we've gotten shellacked. A lot of them pulled back. So I took a look at one of our portfolios to try to explain to our subscribers that we are long-term investors. We're not day-to-day, -day, we're not swing traders, we're not trying to, again, chase the action. So I took a look at our genetic um, testing portfolio. And, you know, we do baskets, we don't pick one stock. So our genetic testing basket portfolio has four stocks in it. Uh, it goes back to, uh, I think, 2019, 18, 19, when we started it. But I looked from the high, uh, February 9th, uh, for most of these stocks, through yesterday. And the portfolio of our four stocks were down on average about 29%. The S&P 500 in time, same time frame up 6%. So in that time frame, let's call it nine weeks or so, we underperformed the market by 35%. So you might say, Matt, you suck at what you do. In this little time frame of nine weeks, you've gotten crushed by the market. Yes, we did. But that's not what I do. I look out several years. So I went back to 12 months from yesterday. And it's not even that long of a time, but I just picked 12 months, one year. In that same time frame, that same basket of four stocks was up an average 178%. The market was up, I think, 44, 45%. So basically, we just under 4x the market, even after this pullback. This is including the pullback that we had. So you have to go back and check yourself. And if the 35% pullback you can't handle, as I said last show, 
get the heck out of the market because you're not an investor. You're chasing the action. If you're an investor, you look back and say, okay, in the last year, if Matt would have told me we're going to get a basket of genetic uh, testing stocks, we're going to be up 178%. Regardless of the market, whatever it does, you'd say, holy smokes, I'll take that 99.999% of the time. Maybe it was some crazy time you wouldn't. And then I would tell you, well, we're going to 4X the market at the same time. Then probably 100% you said, okay, give me the four stocks. So what I'm trying to get across is people are judging their portfolios on the last four weeks, six weeks, eight weeks, four months. If you need the money in four months, you shouldn't be in the market because nobody knows where a market's going to be in four months. If a client comes to me and says, I'm going to need the money in 12 months, I'm going to go buy my dream home. I can't help you because, yes, I think this basket of stocks will do very well over the three, five, 10 year time frame, but I have no idea where it's going to be in 12 months. So you can't judge it on that. If you think those four genetic testing stocks in there are no longer the future of genetic testing, if you think genetic testing's a bunch of horseshit, then yes, you should sell those. But if you still believe in genetic testing, you still believe in the four companies that are in there, if you're subscribers, you know what I'm talking about. And I do. If anything, it's a great buying opportunity for those people looking to get in on a pullback because they believe the long-term outperformance will continue. But I just wanted to talk about that because I just did the numbers late last night, and I think it's a great example of not looking at what you should be looking at. Instead of looking long-term, how have you done in the last couple of years? You're looking at it in the last couple of months. It's just not, you don't invest for a few months. It is the wrong thing to be looking at. I'm sorry. All right, so let's talk about Canada stock. Let's talk about something fun here. And uh, I'm just going to go to the next chart here. Uh, I'm going to pull this, this bad boy here up. And uh, as you can see here, I'm going to go over here actually. Um, this is uh, the, the cannabis stocks going back from that, again, February 9th high. And the advisor shares pure U.S. cannabis ETF. Uh, that's symbol MSOS. That is U.S.-based. And then the orange one is the alternative harvest ETF. That's symbol MJ. Both are in correction territory in the last nine weeks. Both down well over 20%. They've had a major pullback. But last night, folks, the House announced that, believe it or not, they're finally passed the Safe Banking Act. It was late last night. I think what the bed before was even completely voted. Uh, the vote was complete. But this is now going to enable banks and other financial institutions to serve the state-registered legal marijuana businesses. If you sell dope on a side, no, you can't start banking. This is only for ones that are registered and legal. But now the banks can do this without the fear of being punished by the federal government. This opens up so many avenues. Uh, in my opinion, this is a first step of the U.S.-based companies that are now traded on the OTC over-the-counter to uplist to the NASDAQ, uh, it's New York Stock Exchange, which then makes them much more available to other funds and um, larger institutions that stay away from OTCs. Uh, so that's really important. The next step is this goes to the Senate, which is now controlled by the Democrats, so it should fly by there, and then to the president. And I'm pretty sure uh, Biden will sign this. Uh, to me, this is the first major piece of uh, cannabis, marijuana, um, reform that we're going to see in this administration. So I think there's much more down the road. I think this is great for the sector. 
Uh, and then, you know, also, there's no reason it shouldn't be uh, moving forward uh, even further than what we're going to see here at banking, moving towards legalization, full legalization, in my opinion, because seven out of 10 adult Americans favor legalization of marijuana. So if your constituents tell you that's what you want, for God's sakes, do it. I don't care if you're against it, but I don't care if I'm against it. If 70% of the population wants it, then do it. It's just a majority. It's a democracy. Do it. So we'll see if they listen. But I'm going to go back to here to another slide that uh, the next one I'm going to look at. This, again, is looking longer term. Let me go back and show you. This is what's happened in the last nine weeks. But these are the same two ETFs going back to September 1st because that's when MSOS, which is on this chart, uh, that is the uh, purple bluish line, was launched. Since that was launched, up 63%, MJ's up 71%. So again, they ran so much in anticipation of this uh, being uh, this administration doing something. Uh, it also seemed to top out right around the same time that all the growth in small cap stocks topped out, so it pulled back with that. So you're seeing the pullback, but you're seeing again, look at how much they've gone up. So to me, again, potentially a great buying opportunity. So let's go back here and take a look at the chart. And this is going to be the chart of MSOS that we're going to look at here in a moment. And again, this is a basket of U.S.-based cannabis stocks. And even though on the news today, it's still down 2.7%. And we already talked about it. It's pulled back about 25% or so, probably even more now. But what I do like on this chart, as you can see, there's this gap here. When it gapped up to start the year in January, it's now filling that gap. That could be potentially a very, very uh, important move here for this uh, ETF and for the sector. It's now been down seven consecutive days. Uh, it's RSI is down to 12, so it's very oversold. I, I don't try to catch a falling knife, but I think if we could build a base down here, I think there'd be a lot of great buying opportunities uh, when it comes to the cannabis uh, stocks, especially the U.S.-based ones. And let's take a look at MJ. It's the other one that we have on there. And that's down even harder, down 4.1% today. But again, that could be forming a base down around 20 bucks as well. Uh, so again, for me, when it comes to the cannabis, big picture, things look great. Valuation-wise, the U.S. stocks, to me, still look great. It's just a matter of, again, do you have a long-term view or are you trying to trade this? If you're trying to trade this, I don't know. It could continue to fall. Uh, if you have a long-term view, I think it's probably a great buying opportunity to buy in some of the U.S.-based cannabis stocks right now because I think we will see legalization. We'll see the banking, uh, Safe Banking Act get fully approved at some point or fully passed through in, at some point through the Senate and through the president's desk, and that's going to lead to a big change. You know, imagine now suddenly you could bank. Imagine having a business that you dealt with cash. Couldn't go to gosh darn bank. It's a big difference. I mean, my God, they should be celebrating out there. Meanwhile, the sector continues to fall because it's just that attitude that people have towards aggressive stocks, small cap stocks right now. And I love the fact that they're so hated because when there's blood in the streets, as Warren Buffett said, that's what I'm seeing with a lot of these small caps that creates massive, massive opportunity, folks. I'm telling you. All right. So just so you know, this switching back and forth from this full screen, I'm doing all this myself now. I have this little stream deck in front of me. So if it looks a little choppy, there's a bunch of buttons here. I don't have my glasses on or contacts. So I'm trying to hit them right uh, when I go back and forth. 
But what I want to go back to now is the market, because I think it's very important. And again, I want to look out a little bit further. So again, I'm going to pull up the cues here because a lot of our, our stocks are tech related. We're down about 1.1% right now. So a little off the lows of the day, but not by much. But what I want to look at is, is a few other things. And, and these are important because to me, uh, this is why we're bullish. Uh, the first one we're going to take a look at here, let me give you uh, the full screen. And the first one we're taking a look at is we look at uh, the strong start to the year. And these numbers are from LPL Financial or LPL Research, as you can see. The guy, Ryan Dietrich over there, one of the greatest in the business when it comes to putting together stats. And I'm an absolute numbers geek. I can geek out on numbers all day. So this is a great one. This is a chart taken from uh, one of their recent presentations. It looks at the performance of the S&P 500 uh, during the first quarter. And any time that um, the S&P has been up going back to 1950, between 5 and 10% is what they call the sweet spot. So it takes every year that it's done that. And it's, it's been quite a few times going back again to 1950. And it looks out three months, six months, and the rest of the year. And again, I don't care about three months, six months, but I look out for the rest of the year. So the next nine months, so starting April 1 through December 31st, 87% uh, of the time, all but two times on there, the market's been higher by an average gain of 12.4%. That's a hell of a gain, you know, from, from the nine-month time frame, 12.4%. And what's even better about this, which, which I don't know if they even mentioned this, but what's, what I really like is a number up here, and that's 5.1% negative. And that's because even the worst nine months after this situation was the market was only down 5.1%. That's, that's impressive to me. So the downside's very low, where the upside best return, there's been two returns in the 30s, uh, one in over 23%. So again, looking at this, reasons to be bullish longer term, not for tomorrow, not for the next day, but for longer term. And I'm gonna tell you why that's so important in a minute, because there's something coming up tonight. Let's take a look at this next chart. It's what they call December indic indicator. Going back to 1950, again, got from Dietrich over at LPL. So when the, you take a look at the low of, of December, you take the low price of the S&P in December, then you look at the first quarter. If the S&P does not breach that low, going back to 1950, 94% of the time, that S&P closes up for the year by an average of 18.4%. And only two times did it ever close down. Once it was down less than 0.1% back in 2011, and then 2015 down 0.7%. And folks, this is going back 70 years. 70 years. These are numbers. These aren't somebody's opinion who's bloviating on CNBC or Fox Business. These are numbers. One more chart, then I'm going to tell you why this is so important. This is, the, the, to me, the, the best chart out there. And this is measuring what, we, what they call breadth. The, and that is how strong stocks are underneath the surface. And on this chart, this measures the breadth uh, going back to 90. So going back to 1990. And it shows the times where the uh, percentage of S&P 500 stocks above their 200-day moving average which uh, mainly says that they're in, in a longer-term uptrend, the percentage of stocks in the S&P 500 above their 200-day moving average when it hits 95%. So 95% of stocks uh, heading into this week were above their 200-day moving average. It's happened two other times going back to 1990. 
once in late 03, which was right after the start of a very strong bull market, uh, after the tech crash and bull market that lasted many years, uh, lasted six years. And then in middle of 09, after the market bottomed, after the financial collapse, to a bear market that lasted 11 years. Now we just had a pandemic. We are about a year into the bull market right now, and it happened again. What this tells me, though, more importantly, folks, is when there is this much uh, strength and bullishness underneath, yeah, some of our stocks are getting crushed, but overall the strength underneath is very good. The market breadth, this tells me that this is very bullish long term. Again, I don't give a crap about next week or next month. I'm sure I'd love to have the markets up, but this is long term. We are looking out years because the last two times this has happened, let's look at this again. The last two times this has happened, 03, 09, folks, it was a start of multi-year bull markets. Let's keep that in mind. I'm playing a trend here. When there's that much strength in a market, man, oh, man, it is tough to fight it. And the reason I'm talking about this is because tonight there's an event at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Louis Navalier, my good buddy, and I, we got together with our host, Lauren Savan, great friend of mine as well. We're sitting down, and we're launching a new portfolio. So in 2020, we launched for the first time ever. Him and I came together and did the power portfolio. Uh, we crushed a market in 2020. 2021, we said, what the hell, why not do it again? Uh, we crushed the market so much uh, that we actually ended up taking a gain of 38.5% uh, in about two months. So we sold everything in February. It actually worked out perfect for us. We sold right near the high. But because of this pullback, we see the opportunity to do it reloaded, kind of 2.0 power portfolio. So we came together, and we have 10 stocks, two that we already put in there for some subscribers. We have eight new ones that we're releasing this evening, eight new stocks. I'm looking at the list right here. I'm not sharing it with you, but I'm looking at the list right here. I got to tell you, I'm going to tease a couple of them. Uh, the first one I'm looking at is a small cap, micro cap, $124 million company, folks. What's crazy is that this company has been around, even though it's a small, 150 years. You would never guess it if I gave you a million guesses. Uh, that is one that we're adding to the portfolio tonight in our power portfolio. Uh, energy recovery. I just spilled the words. I skipped that. Skip that. I didn't say that. My goodness. Sometimes you put shit in front of me. I just read it. Uh, the third one is a $110 million company. And uh, this is a great under the radar play here. Uh, th this one deals with um, testing when it comes to manufacturing, but it's in defense. It's an automotive. Um, they deal with some semiconductors. Uh, but I like the fact that it is in the EV business, electric vehicles. And man, oh man, I really see this as, as a big potential winner. Here's one. It's a $2.8 billion company. It's in healthcare. Uh, this is one that deals with um, uh, surgical supplies, uh, PPE, which is um, personal protective equipment. Man, had big, big revenue last year. To me, very, very underpriced company. Uh, we have one that's in the precious metals area about a $500 million company in precious metals. This is a great one. This one deals with uh, uh, Bitcoin, but it also deals with uh, the electrical grids. My goodness, about a $700 million company. 
Uh, here's one, a $5 billion company. This is all about the great reopening, in my opinion, to consumer electronics. Uh, another one has to do with gaming, $400 million company in the gaming sector. Uh, here's one that was a SPAC, and now it's a $3.5 billion company. It's done great. It's held up better than almost any post-SPAC uh, company out there, a company that I, I truly love. Here's one, $97 million company, True NanoCap. Uh, this one is in a sector, believe it or not, that, that I don't know how Louis convinced me to do this one. Uh, but uh, this one, it, it provides construction, maintenance, and uh, services to uh, fossil fuel generation. Uh, it deals with nukes. It deals with hydro, petrochemical, refining. Uh, but again, this could be a huge winner when it comes to uh, the infrastructure bill that's likely going to be passed. So extremely diverse folks i mean i mean 10 stocks you may have heard of one when you take a look at this list but the upside potential so do not forget to miss that tonight uh, that is very very important and last but not least uh, i want to take a look here uh, really quick at um at what cryptos are doing because a lot of people are asking about cryptos right now uh, and i'll take a look up here as well um, Let's take a look at how Coinbase is doing, as a matter of fact. And by the way, the Nasdaq's uh, off the low, so we'll see how it does. But maybe we could rally into it. Here's Coinbase, down there 5% to 316. And I told you guys not to buy it uh, yet, and I still not a buy in my opinion. Um, actually, our issue, early stage investors going out tomorrow, Wednesday after the bell, uh, we are focusing on crypto-related investments. And I'm going to talk about Coin, but I'm going to talk about a couple others. We're actually starting a little portfolio with three small caps. Uh, that are going to go in there. But right now, uh, you take a look at Bitcoin. It's around 55,300. So it's had a hell of a run uh, the last little bit here because, you know, it, it ran up big and, you know, broke through at 60 like I thought, kept running. And then we had a bit of a minor crash, if you will, over the weekend. And since that time, it's held the 51,300 level. Uh, but at the same time, we have not got it back above 60,000. So, you know, it's, it's one it, it, we need to keep an eye on and see how it does here. I just got the phone my crypto analyst right before I did this. Uh, he thinks it's like a 50-50 chance. He thinks it's a 50-50 chance at 51.3 holds, we rally, um, and, we, and we move higher in the next couple of weeks. 50% chance it pulls back and it tests a very important support level at 45,000. And he said, and I agree, if it hits 45,000, uh, we are huge buyers. I mean, huge, huge buyers for the long term. The other thing that we agreed on was uh, 12 months from now that we believe within the next 12 months, not in exactly 12 months, within the next 12 months uh, that Bitcoin does hit 100,000. So whether you buy at 55 or 45, you'll do very well uh, going forward. If you own Bitcoin like myself, uh, if it hits 45, I'm buying more and probably some more altcoins along the way. Uh, we'll probably add an altcoin or two uh, to our portfolio for Ultimate Crypto and for uh, Crypto Investors Network, two of our subscription uh, newsletters. So we're, we're kind of sitting on our hands waiting to see what it does. Uh, if it breaks out, we might add it too. It's kind of in no man's land right now. So sometimes it's okay to say, and I'm okay to say it, that I'm not quite sure where it goes from here in the short term. Uh, long term, again, I don't care because I still think it hits 100 grand regardless of it hits 45 first or not. Uh, I, I, it'd be nice if I knew 100% is going to 45. I'd say wait till 45 and buy there if you're looking to buy. You can always say, listen, I'll buy half here. If it goes to 45, I buy my other half. Buy half here, breaks back above 16 runs, I buy the other half there. 
Yeah, I, I don't know. I'll be honest with you. I don't know where it goes uh, in the near term, but long term, again, I still think it goes much higher. So buying now, I still think you'll be very happy in six, 12 months from now and even further out. So that's, that's how I look to play that. Uh, last thing is a lot of people keep asking about uh, EQOS. Let's go over here. Uh, this is a stock uh, that, that I like and, and I owned and sold and then we uh, um, put it out for our subscribers. Down again today, another 10%. Uh, this was a SPAC uh, that is uh, merging, uh, that merged, I should say, with Diginex. And it's a crypto-related company. There's a short report that came out on it by some company I never heard of. You all know how I feel about these short sellers. Uh, they actually will come out and uh, they will admit that they're short the stock. And then from there, they will uh, say we can sell and or sorry, we can buy this back and cover whenever you want. But they put out some bullshit report, which I thought of, I'd read some of it. I thought it was BS. Uh, and then you also had the fact that all crypto related stocks are getting crushed because Bitcoin's or sorry, uh, Bitcoin pulled back and also uh, because Coinbase pulling back. I think it's a great buy down here long term again. Uh, so but that is why we do baskets, folks. We don't put all of our money into one stock. You have to have a crypto basket. It's not about buying one. So again, we're going to have stocks that get crushed. We could be the best investors in the world some days and we're going to have some that get crushed. But it's playing the averages. You have to be diversified. You have to take basket approaches. So folks, if you have something that are down, you can't dwell on it. My God, you're going to drive yourself absolutely freaking batshit crazy. So get over it. And if you can't sleep at night, sell the damn thing. Don't keep asking why it's down every day. Just sell it and be done with it. I, I probably sound frustrated today because I am. Because I'm so frustrated with amateur investors that know everything when the market's going up. When the market goes down, they blame everybody else. Folks, either you're in this for the long term or you're not. If you're not in it for the long term, sell every gosh darn stock you have and go home. Because we don't want you. It is about being an investor. You're investing in companies. You're not investing in a ticker symbol. It's a goddamn company. You're backing a company. Until you get that through your head, you have to be out of the stock market. Again, I am irritated because I'm sick of the individual investors who think they know everything. And they want to make money when the market goes up. And they don't want to lose money when the market goes down. Utopia doesn't exist. So, folks, please, I hate to be an ass, but sometimes you have to smack somebody around, not physically, verbally, to get them to realize their mistakes and the way they're looking at things are absolutely wrong. If things like this drive you bananas and you can't sleep, you aren't an investor. You're not there yet. I'm not saying you can't get there, but you're not yet an investor. So I'm going to bid my adieu to you. And when you're ready to come back, we'll be here waiting for you. But I'll bid my adieu to you right now. NASDAQ down 0.88% off the loads a day. Shit, maybe we close up today. Who knows? I'll be back Friday, a little happier, hopefully. But folks, please, got to get your head straight. Until you do that, you're not going to make money. You'll be blaming everybody but yourself. Look yourself in the mirror. If it bothers you, you have to go. And again, my best wishes to you. Thank you so much for watching. I'm Matt McCall. This has been your Moneyline. The Moneyline with Matt McCall. Matt McCall. To find more information, head over to McCallMoneyWire.com. That's McCallMoneyWire.com.